Hello and welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter, and the topic this week is the Clubroot quiz that we had in the May 1st, 2019 edition of Canola Watch. But first, any discussion on Clubroot has to start with the basics. There's a few practices that we recommend to keep spores low and local. First one is to limit soil movement. Anything you can do to stop the flow or movement of soil from field to field is a good step in clubroot management. Second one, grow clubroot resistant varieties. Next, scout often, even if growing clubroot resistant varieties, checking for galls growing underground. Next, provide a minimum two year break between host crops. Control host weeds and volunteer canola in all crops. If you've got a lot of host weeds, it kind of takes away from the benefit of your rotation. And finally, use patch management techniques. If you've got a bad infested area, you might try grassing in that area, for example, to stop the spores from spreading. Now onto the quiz. My guest today is... Dan Orchard, agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada. And Dan, you're our club root guy on the Canola Council crop production and innovation team. So it's good to have you on this podcast. Yeah, happy to be here, Jay. So we're going to go through this this 10-question quiz that we had in Canola Watch this week, and it was a club root true and false. Question one was club root resistant varieties, or CR varieties, are immune to club root. True or false? What's the answer? Well, the answer is false, Jay. And it's it's really kind of compounding reasons why this would be false i guess is there's there's a bunch of pathotypes that are in the field and you're not always going to be resistant to all these different pathotypes or strains that are in the field it's a population so first off you may find the odd plant with clubroot in your res- in your resistant variety just due to the fact that all the seeds in the bag might not have resistance so they'll be scattered around kind of like gray hair on somebody's head, you know, here and there, and not really in patches or anything like that. So that can be expected on fields that have club root, even with a resistant variety, you're going to find some uh, plants scattered randomly, you know, with club root. The gray hair and analogy that, kind of falls apart with me because I've got a real serious <laughs> case of club root. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm starting to get there too. Um, also, you know, like I say, I, want, I think the most important part to remember is there's always like these low levels of different pathotypes lurking kind of in the background, right? And when you deploy a resistant variety, it's not likely to be resistant to everything that's in the population. So again, you're going to find um, areas, likely areas where club root is favored. So, you know, the wet areas and, and uh, low pH areas where you might find these new pathotypes are are probably at higher levels than than other areas of the field. So I think it's important to remember they're not immune to clubroot. Uh, they're awesome, these resistant varieties, but yeah, unfortunately, it's not immunity. Good. Thanks, Dan. All right, question two. Clubroot is always found at the field entrance. True or false? That also is false, and and you know it's the more people that go looking for clubroot in 
areas outside the you know traditional club route area are the ones that typically get a hold of us and say you know what it's not it's not at the entrance and quite often not you know they they claim you know in Saskatchewan that that's kind of seems the situation as well that it's not always at the entrance for sure and I think it's quite often at the entrance you know if you if you're only able to check one spot in your field that's the spot i would probably check but certainly a lot of cases where it's it, water runs or downwind from bins is a real hot spot because seed and things carrying dust that blow down you know when you're unloading your seed into your bins and the dust is blowing downwind whether it's wheat or barley or any seed if, if there's dust on the seed that, that has club root spores you know they they blow downwind from the bin and it, it's quite a hot spot there too so don't just isolate entrances as places to to look for club root i think um letting in all the suspicious areas yeah with so the field entrance point comes from the fact that most of that soil is moving into a field on machinery but anything that moves soil to your point will move club root so if it's if it's water, like you said about the water runs carrying uh, club root infested soil down toward a low area of the field, which also would be where club root may want to take hold because of that extra moisture there. Um, so that may be where you see it first, even though it may not be the first place it was introduced to the field. Yeah, you know that's a really good point too. Is that it could be at the entrance, um, and certainly that you know it's quite likely that that's often how it arrives, but maybe you won't see symptoms there because the, the conditions aren't as conducive for, for club root or something. So yeah, it's, it, I think it, you nailed it, Jay. You just got to look all over the place where high traffic areas, you know, anywhere that soil could have been introduced, you know, from outside of your field. Yeah. So the key there is club root is always found at the field entrance. That's yeah, false. No, Club that's root false. is usually found at the field entrance. Yeah, you might argue that's true, but but the way we worded it is false. Yeah, that's right. All right. Question three: Club root resistant varieties all contain the same resistance gene and mechanism of resistance. True or false? That is false, and it's it's not real easy to understand. But you know, it, so so varieties that even even if they do have a, a different source of resistance, they may still have the same gene, right? Like you don't we don't know that because it's genetics and we don't have markers and we don't have things to figure this out well enough yet to to understand. So the important part there is that um, our current varieties are really really good at controlling most of the strains or pathotypes that are out there but this population that exists that i mentioned earlier is is gonna it's just gonna find a way around our genetics if we deploy them too often right so so we need to steward these resistant genes and mechanisms of resistance and not overuse them you know too often especially in heavily infested fields because these pathotypes that are at very low levels are going to express themselves and then they're going to become you know dominant pathotypes and they're going to overtake our our resistant varieties so so that um is it, it's false there, there there are many types of many varieties out there jay 
and there are different sources and mechanisms of resistance available. It's it's just um, too hard for us to list everything and all the differences. So I think connecting with your seed rep to make sure you understand the you know the the genetics that are behind that variety. And if you decide that it's time to switch genetics, then you know your seed reps will guide you in the right direction to to get some new genetics out there. As we go along through these questions, we'll find that we're coming back to to some of these themes a couple of times, but that's okay. The next yeah. one's a good example. So question four is club root is spread mainly with equipment, which we kind of touched on before. Spread mainly with equipment. True or false, Dan? Yes, that's true. So it's it's quite, you know, it's very common. Obviously, the, the bigger the piece of machinery and, and the more soil it comes in contact with, the, the more it will move, right? So, you know, driving a vehicle, yeah, there'll be mud on your tires, but you're not really going into the ground with any implements with your truck. So something like a disc or even, you know, seating tools are are going to have a lot of a lot of soil on them so so certainly that's true it's it's mostly with equipment but just a million ways where club root you know how club root can spread and i think if you really want to get into it and more details on most of these things uh clubroot.ca just look on there and there's a i mean a fairly general list of ways that club root can spread but use your imagination in any way that uh, soil can move uh, club root can move as well, so that's and that's a lot of ways. A gram of soil, if you're in a fairly heavily infested area, can have millions of spores, and uh, it's it's pretty common for a big seeding tool to have a couple hundred pounds of soil on it as you leave a field, and so if that's a couple hundred pounds, that's times 454 grams times millions. You got billions and billions of, of spores on that machine. So if you can take a few minutes even to, to knock off all of that real obvious uh, soil, you've gone a long way to stopping the spread, eh? Yeah, well, for sure. And, and I mean, whether you're in an area that, you know, is relatively heavily infested or not, I think you're right at, that uh, knocking off large lumps of soil is going to go a long way. You know, the, the more you can remove, the better, but certainly you know, not removing any when 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 your machinery is full of mud and soil is probably not a good idea. Just just the sheer amount of soil, like you say, that you can move with one piece of equipment is pretty astounding. All right, question five. And if people were paying attention to the conversation earlier, they probably know the answer. There is only one club root pathotype on the prairies. True or false? That's false. I, I wish it was true. You know, it, it, in the beginning, I think we kind of thought this might be true. <laughs> um, and, and so the resistant varieties, you know, looked really, really good. They were all quite similar, the resistant mechanisms for, for the early varieties. So so they all um, they all looked really, really good. And then we we just selected for for all these new pathotypes that are showing up. So there is a lot of them and there's close to 20 pathotypes of which you know we we know we can control maybe five or seven of these pathotypes and the rest either we can't control yet or they're at such low levels they haven't really expressed much but they're being found uh, now all over all over the club root region really um, I think even most recently Jay there's been 
a new pathotype discovered that isn't named yet, right? So the, so this is going to happen probably ongoing for quite a while. There there could be so many different pathotypes. We're just learning how to how to discover them and name them. So that's kind of new news, I guess, is that that there is a um, a pathotype out there that has yet to be named. So we wouldn't we wouldn't have any idea how our resistant varieties would hold up against this pathotype because we don't even know what it's called yet. So uh, the seed companies wouldn't have had the opportunity to screen with this product or with this pathotype to, to understand how their resistance will hold up. So that's you know not great news. Um, I guess the the key is a long rotation and and using resistant varieties and and not moving soil, right? So it, it I don't think it's overly shocking. It's just uh, the nature of club root, I guess. And you said earlier about the population being a mix of pathotypes. So yeah, if you've got let's just say a million spores and 900,000 of them are these these common pathotypes that we have resistance to. Well, that still leaves 100,000 that could cause some infection. We just wouldn't be able to figure out what's all in that population anyway. So when you do send, a, you know, when you find a resistant variety that, that has abnormal amounts of club root and you send it off, you know, to, to find out what pathotype is in your soil, it's, it's impossible to, to find all the pathotypes. So the university does the work and they will, they will label the most predominant one. So the one that's at the highest frequency is, is really all they can name. So then you're stuck kind of guessing at, at what, what rates the other pathotypes are at, you know, they could easily be at 20% as well, you know, where, where the predominant one might be 50%. And these other ones may be, you know, something maybe at 20 and something else maybe at 15, <clears throat> which is very high, but we can't label or identify that. So it's, it is a bit of a guessing game. I guess if your if your biggest concern on your farm is club root and you're you're finding that your current resistance variety isn't holding up, then certainly it's probably worth it to get to get it pathotyped and do the best you can to to match a, a new variety with the predominant pathotype. But it's, it's certainly not going to guarantee you anything, right? Because of all these other um, strains or pathotypes lurking in the background. All right, let's go yeah. on to number six, Dan. I can match my variety to guarantee resistance to club root in my fields. True or false? Yeah, that's false. And we pretty much just yeah. talked about that too, right? So yeah, it's it, it it really can't be done. I mean, you can certainly right now, 99.9% um, .9, you know, of the fields have, have the predominant pathotype being pathotype 3 or 3H on the new on the new uh, labeling system. And we have incredible resistance to that major strain that's you know that that's in everybody's field that has club root basically. It's just, it's just the, the the minor little novel new strains that are appearing that that we can't really do a good job of matching up our, our resistance. All right, let's go on to seven. Searching for club root above ground is the first place to start scouting. True or false? False as well. Geez, we have a lot of falses on this yeah. quiz, Jay. But <laughs> yeah, it's um, uh, far, far before you'll see a, 
above ground symptoms will you see below ground symptoms and you know it's it, it it's a shock to everyone that sees club root for the first time just how bad it is below ground before you would recognize something's even wrong above ground like after you see it enough times i think you kind of develop a bit of an eye for it but all it really is is the crop would be just slightly thinner maybe slightly um more advanced if the you know if the club roots choking the water off then that crop might be slightly more advanced and usually when you have a thinner crop it's it, it's later maturing right so that so you it's a little bit the opposite little things like that that you might recognize above ground but i think by the time you've recognized symptoms above ground it's very you know pretty bad below ground so pull, just pull 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 plants as often as you can everywhere that you you know suspect club root could be and um, hopefully find it below ground far before you'll find it above ground you know it could even be a crop or two of canola that would would be showing symptoms below ground before you're going to see it above ground so that that's a huge benefit to find one of the situations if i recall um where club root was was found later than you might think it should have been in, in a field was was because these symptoms that these above ground symptoms were in these low areas which is where club root can can really take off but the farmer was thinking it was just um effect of being in too much moisture so it's drown out so it may have happened like you said a couple of cycles of this oh this is just drowned out suffering canola meanwhile it was pretty badly club root infested so these these low areas field entrances are great places to start that digging and checking for galls yeah that's a good point about you know like dismissing it because it's a low area or something and that that often happens at the at the entrance way right where the entrances, you know, you clean out your sprayer there, you park equipment there, it's compacted, it's often very poor growth, right? So so you, you rarely care to even stop there to look at people's entrances, you know, especially when you're scouting people's fields, you don't really scout the entrance, you know, to, to see what's going on because it's poor growth. So yeah, pull, pull, pulling plants there, even if you think it's compacted or, you know, herbicide from years, in the past or something i just keep pulling plants and checking the roots question eight there are areas on the prairies where club root shouldn't become a problem true or false well i guess we we have to say false although there would be you know areas that are really really low risk or much lower risk for you know getting the disease than other areas but there, I, I don't think that there would be an area that would be that we would say should never get club root I, I i don't think we can be that bold to say that so so i'd have to say that answer would be false yeah that you know the whole the whole prairie region would be at some risk level where the black soil zone would be the highest risk you know the most moisture and ph has a has a plays a plays a role as well but moisture and and the number of spores you have in your soil are the probably the two biggest factors when it comes to uh, club root being a problem you know so i even in the irrigated areas or the the other soil zones even the the low moisture zones they would have areas in the field that get moisture or, or they wouldn't be able to grow a crop right so i mean certainly they're they're lower risk but 
but they wouldn't be immune to club root. Yeah, the pH one is an interesting one because you, you know, as you go east, this is speaking in generalities, but the pH of the soil across the prairies goes up. Um, so you would think maybe as, as you get into Manitoba, where the pH is often above seven, sometimes in the, the eight range, that they wouldn't get club root, but we're Manitoba is seeing quite a bit of club root now. And, and it could be, well, it's two things maybe that's going on is that that club root does grow in higher pH soils, even though it may not like it as much. Also within every field, there's a lot of field, there's a lot of pH variability. So you may find club root starting in, in some of these little lower pH pockets and then spreading out from there. Yeah, yeah, you know, you could almost do a whole podcast on just that question right there that you described, Jay, like because the, you know, the pH is definitely plays a role. And the more you, the more that I've been reading lately, like very lately, like yesterday kind of thing, um, it seems as other places around the world suggest that, that different pathotypes or different strains of club root can, can survive better in different conditions. They get used to it, right? They, they adapt to the conditions. And so it, it was suggested that a few a few strains of club root are able to exist or 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 be become aggressive at higher pH than other strains of club root. So I mean, I'd, I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised if this this was the case. It's mother nature at work, right? So so there are other reports too that pH is a factor, but it needs to be combined with calcium. So they do some, often go hand in hand, but they, but there's a lot of reports where there's high pH soils with low calcium. You know, you can use calcium products that don't raise pH too. So it's, it's important to understand that relationship between calcium and, and pH. But, but yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of factors there. And as you go east, like you say, the pH may go up, but you know, you, you look how much moisture and clay and different soils that there could be in Manitoba. I, I suspect that, yes, that the, the pH might be one, one advantage that they could have, let's say, but certainly they may have disadvantages of, of heat and moisture, which club root loves as well. So I think moisture and, and the number of spores in the soil would trump pretty much all the other conditions. And if you've got a whole bunch of spores in your soil and it's and then there's lots of free moisture in the spring club root will f probably find a way to infect a plant good all right oh here we go question nine my soil has high ph so it is immune to club root we kind of covered that one too is that true <laughs> or false yeah yeah that's that, that's false you know and and like i say it, that would take a whole another podcast and and there's some good information out there and there's even better information that will be right around the corner you know so we were lucky enough to work with Brittany, and and Brittany is doing her masters on on this kind of stuff so um there's you know complementing some of the work that that was already done by nicole fox out of the u of a and i think we're better understanding soil chemistry and and what happens with calcium and what types of calcium and rates of calcium are needed to inf influence club root. I don't I don't think they're 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 ever gonna find a way to cure it, let's say with with this, but I think we're 
we're stepping in the right direction to finding ways for for Lyme to help manage it anyway. And that's Brittany Hennig, who's uh, she was she worked for the Canola Council for a year and a bit, I think. Yeah, so it's it's a lot of fun watching her, you know, go, doing all this work, and she's quite passionate about it. Obviously, all the club rooters seem to be, and and um, she, you know, shares her results, and she's a good speaker. So I suspect the that she'll be kind of on the speaking tour in upcoming years, uh, talking about what she finds. So that's kind of a good, good, good news story for the club root side. So it's, as you alluded, Dan, there's lots of science ongoing studies uh, in Canada and around the world. So question 10 is, which if you're interested in that kind of thing, presentations from various international club root workshops are posted on clubroot.ca, true or false? That's kind of a setup softball yeah that's that's right (laughs) so yeah yeah there are there's a whole bunch of presentations and 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 there's still some that are trickling in even though it was you know almost a year ago that the conference was but some people needed to edit theirs and some people speak a different language right so it's not easy to communicate and things but um yeah our staff at head office is always updating this um this page with all the international presentations and some you know, are genetic based and, and not real easy for everyone to understand unless you're into that kind of thing. But there's also a lot of really cool stuff like uh, where clubroot is found in Sweden, for example, and what do they do in Sweden or what do they do in Germany for, for clubroot? And it's a bit of a different ball game um, in other countries, but but it's the similarities are all there. It's all the same disease and, and everyone's finding new pathotypes and strains popping up and in other countries too and and so that the the common themes are still the same right rotation and don't move soil around control your weeds and so it's um i think it's kind of cool if anyone's into the club root thing to to go to that website and look at at the presentations from other countries and from our own country too like a lot of new the new information that we've talked about here that that it was presented at at that conference and you can download those um those talks, I think that the lime, uh, the, the talks about liming soil, uh, they're on there as well. So yeah, it's a really good resource and a cool uh, thing if you're bored one day to go, go check out, I guess. Yeah, so that's at clubroot.ca, which is where you could find all of this information that we talked about on this quiz podcast. Uh, clubroot.ca, the research, including the uh, reports from the International Club Root Workshops, are under the research tab right at the top of the website and then just scroll down and you can find all kinds of good links. Our clubroot.ca website literally just got updated this week, right? So it's it's refined, it's a little easier to read. There's some new pictures and we'll be uh, all constantly adding pictures, but yeah, I think if even if you've been on clubroot.ca in the past, maybe it's time to go revisit it because it it got kind of a upgrade, let's say, this week. Right on. Thanks, Dan. Thanks a lot, Jay. That was a really good time. It was. Talk to you later. Okay, buddy. Bye. Bye. This podcast is based on the Clubroot True-False quiz from the May 1st, 2019 Canola Watch at canolawatch.org. In that same issue, we had an article called Clubroot 101, How to Keep Spores Low and Local. And the tips are, first, to limit soil movement. That means cleaning off equipment before you leave the field, 
for example, which is a major way that clubroot infested soil is spread. Grow clubroot resistant varieties is number two. So even with some of the challenges with pathotypes and matching pathotypes and, and those things that we just can't quite do yet, um, clubroot resistant varieties are still a better risk management option than growing susceptible varieties. Scout often, even if growing clubroot resistant varieties, that's because you want to identify the disease as early as possible. That means digging up and looking for galls because above ground symptoms often occur much later after clubroot has taken hold in a field. Provide a minimum two year break between host crops. That's a good rotation message. As part of that though, you have to make sure that you're controlling host weeds and volunteer canola in all crops in the rotation. Otherwise, there's not a lot of benefit to the rotation itself if you've got a bunch of weeds that are just building up the spore population. Finally, if you've got known patches of clubroot in a field, use patch management techniques to contain them. That can include grassing in the patch to keep those spores from moving. This has been a Canola Watch podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay Wetter. <laughs>